Celebrating 15 years of this beloved foolery. You know that it would be untrue. You know that I would be a liar. If I was to say to you, Central Coast, I know I'd be a liar. Hey! Hey, there we go. Come on, Jeff and Jeremy, light my fire. I like how you fit it in there, Greg. Jeff and Jeremy, light my fire. Oh, yeah. yeah. Try to set the night on fire. Jeff and Jeremy in the morning on 93.3 KZOZ. How pathetic can some people be? But we smell because we're animals, right? We're just self-cleaning animals. We're like cats. We're like, ah. I know we're supposed to be like AIDS, but they're picking bugs off each other and eating it. We're like cats. We self-clean. We're grumpy. We're finicky eaters. I don't want to eat that. I don't feel like eating that right now. We like to think we're like dogs. I mean, I wish I was a dog. Dogs are always in a good mood. They're like, what is that? Throw up? I'll eat it. <laughs> I don't care. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> dogs are happy to be anywhere. You ever see a homeless guy with a dog? The dog's like, this isn't that bad. <laughs> I was begging for food anyway. I mean. <laughs> Dumbass of the oh, that's going to be a good show. 93.3 oh, KZOC. Vina Robles, Jim Gaffigan. I think it's August. Uh, go to VinaRobles.com. Jeez, man, before that thing sells out, that is going to be what a night. Holy cow, he's great. He's hmm. funny. I was, um, I was begging for food anyways. <laughs> Who do you spend more time on their Instagram account, Jeremy, you or your dogs? Oh, I saw this story. I knew you were going to go there. Um, on mine. I mean, I I, uh, I get tagged by my wife who runs our our bulldog George's page. Okay, does she spend more time on her own Instagram account or your dog's Instagram on, on George's? On, she has one, but I don't think she ever does anything with it. Curious George the bulldog, and I think it's curious oh, underscore. Look at, look at the towing the company line on this one. Well, huh? hey, yeah, you're, you're getting that promotion out there for your dog. I, I see how you, how it is. Come on, man, I want a new boat. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, let's see here. Let me, since you're going to make fun of me, at least let me tell you what the name is. Curious, uh, oh, wait a second. What just happened there? Uh, 25% of Hold on, owners. hold on a second. <laughs> Curious, underscore George, underscore the, underscore bully. Curious George the bully, but there's an underscore in between each one. So it's In between each word? Yeah, he only has um, 326 people oh, following you guys him. Have- you guys are failure, or failures then in the eyes of... Oh, uh, yeah, no, there's... there's of, 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 of the average. Mr. Bentley, the bulldog, I think he owns the market. There's like millions of followers. It's ridiculous. His dad flies him around in a helicopter, and he does these video shoots. In a, in a recent survey, they asked 2,000 cat and dog owners whether or not they want it, they, they hope that their pet becomes a social media sensation. 500 of those 2,000 said, yes, I do. I want my dog or cat to be a social media sensation. And they admitted that their pet's profile has exceeded the number of followers that they have on their personal page. And they average a count of about 925 fans. So you guys are about 600 behind on uh, what the the norm is for people. Yeah, don't say but you guys. Means- say my wife. I, I have nothing to do with this. New research by a pet insurance company shows that 35% of people have created accounts for their pets 
to show them off to animal lovers online. 40% say they preferred to fill their own feeds with their pets even more than photos of themselves. Family members or human friends. That their pets are the reason why they are on social media. Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with that? I mean, come on. You're just uh, there's plenty of worse things you could be doing with your time. I mean, you're just showcasing somebody True. in your family. Yeah. But you it's know, not somebody. there is money in it for some. It's an animal. Uh, there was uh, what's the pug? Uh, the pug. Shoot, he's been on the Today Show. He's been on the Late Show. I uh, forget the pug's name. Ah, some girl in college. She started a page. This was ten years ago. Or eight years ago. God, who knows if the pug's even still alive. And uh, the pug's very, very famous. Oh, yeah, that's what happens when the dog dies because humans outlast dogs. Do you start working in the replacement? Do you treat it like a um, like you're Gene Simmons and you're trying to fill open spots in your band kiss? No, no. Uh, no. Do, you, do you start bringing in younger guys uh, to, to uh, take over the torch once the dog that established themselves as the Instagram dog uh, to kind of slot in there and, and, and be the next one? Because you got to keep that you got to you, know, you got to keep that uh, narcissism alive. Yeah, man. some people are doing that. I mean, uh, we follow one uh, darling Clementine, and now she's got Maggie Moo, and then Maggie Moo died, so then they got another one, and they got Mac, Big Mac. He's a he's a male, um, and then there's this one Gertie the Bulldog. I follow Gertie on Facebook, and Gertie, I'm pretty sure died years ago, but they still share these great photos of this dog. And every time you see one, it just makes puts a smile on your face. So, is it ever going to be to the point where um, they're doing God's instead work over of there. instead of cremating or burying your dogs, people will start taking their dogs to taxidermists because they follow me on this one, okay? No, I thought about there it. Was a, there was a rapper that died in uh, Washington, D.C., and his buddies decided to pay tribute to him. They rented out a uh, nightclub, and uh, they wheeled his embalmed body out on stage and stood him upright uh, as uh, they played his songs. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Crazy that's, stuff. That's crazy, too far. That's too far. Crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah, but tough. now, but they, they sold out the joint that night. Because um, people now, wanted to see a dead body on stage, I guess so. Yes, they were they were they were going to pay tribute to to him, and he wanted to be there for the tribute, or his friends wanted him to be there for the tribute. So they took his embalmed body and put it on I don't know, like some kind of mannequin stand, and um, sat it up there. And uh, a dead body was creepily looking at you while you listened to his songs. Will it become that for pets and Instagram, where <laughs> you know, say? Say once it becomes your dog's time, um, but you guys want to keep the Instagram page going. I'm not saying these are you're the type of people. I'm just using you as an example that you will actually get the dog stuffed no. as opposed to uh, no. getting it buried. I'm not saying you, but no. people. But no, like I don't it. think people will do that anyways. I think they'll just have stock photos and they'll they'll continue to share those. I don't think they're because a taxidermist, as good as they could be, could never make something look alive that's dead. Well, but that's that's the fun part of it. I mean, you could dangle them off the side of a skyscraper oh, and have no no repercussions. Such you a could, weirdo. You could put them on top of the Eiffel Tower. I mean, there's so the, the the possibilities are endless when it's not a living dog, but it's a taxidermed dog. Yeah, but you put a lot of money into that taxidermed dog. You don't want to drop them off the Space Needle or a skyscraper because 
you know, then all yeah, that money true. and work is gone. Would yeah. it shatter? Well, what happens to a taxidermed dog when well, you drop it off? I mean, imagine how many views that post is going to get, Jeremy. Yeah. Okay, we're going to find out it's what happened to the taxidermed dog yeah. that gets dropped off the space needle. Yeah, I'm pretty sure none of the animal is the same. I don't even know if the hair is the same. I think they might replace the hair. I don't know. I, Listen, the it's like a big stuffed the animal. The embalmed rapper up on the stage in Washington, D.C., I say anything goes, man. <laughs> I want to see pictures of this. Is that morbid? Is that weird that I want to see this? They're available. I, it's weird, yes. I'm going to Google that <laughs> I, I, right that's now. Like, that's like when you haven't reached uh, rapper level to where somebody's willing to make a hologram of you. Um, so you just got to take the next best thing, and that's uh, the embalmed body and put it up on the stage. Do you know what the rapper's name was? Oh, oh my God! Gunus, Gunus Corp. Yeah, here's here's yeah. here it is. I just typed in embalmed rapper, and oh, there's what he looked like when he was alive. Oh my gosh, this is weird, disgusting, totally disgusting. <laughs> it's just the strangest thing. But I'm you glad know what? The, the pictures aren't really that good, and I'm, I think I'm happy. It's 2022. 20, it looks like a wax version of the person, kind of. We really don't have that much time left on this planet anyways because things like this are happening. So go for broke with your pets on your Instagram. Two dumbasses today. GNU's friends and uh, people that are obsessed with uh, making their dogs Instagram famous. I'm not saying it's you guys. Don't get that, get that sourpuss look off your face. Okay? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Yes, I'm You're guilty. Jer- I'm guilty of being You're, a dumbass. You're like Jeff that. and Jeremy's. Dumbass of the day. <laughs> it's Jeff and Jeremy in the morning on 93.3 KZOZ. They've got another uh, series coming up this weekend. Cal Poly oh, baseball back after, uh, what are you, 11 and 2 now, Coach, right? I was think I was looking at your schedule. We're going 11 the of the last uh, 13. Well... Yeah, we won 11 of 12, and then we lost Tuesday at Cal. Yeah, so uh, what happened there? Uh, just one of those midweek games to try mm-hmm. to shorten the game. And I think we were after maybe or top of seventh. I think we made it uh, 4-3 where we were behind. And then we I think we gave up, you know, two runs, one run, two runs to to, to lose it. So. Just one of those things, um, you know. You we you, never you, we never give Eric enough credit. Uh, Eric is the uh, information director. And he's also on the on the broadcasts um, for your guys's uh, baseball games. And I didn't get a chance to listen or watch the game on Tuesday night. But in the email recap, he said there were two controversial runs in the seventh. What was controversial about those runs? And did you, how involved did you get in the controversy? <laughs> uh, one was a play at home where base is loaded, maybe one out, and kind of a capper, meaning off the end of the bat, like, like a squibber uh, to our pitcher, just off to the first base side. And, you know, you have a f- force out at home plate, and he kind of, uh, option passed it to our catcher and it looked like you know that the catcher might have our catcher might have kept his foot on the corner of the plate but obviously the umpire had the best uh view and he, he called him he, he said the, the catcher's foot went off by about an inch so 
Did you get in his face? I, I don't know. No, I just went out there. I mean, where where I am, you could you you see it, but you don't see it like an umpire would. But we've had we've had issues with him before. With the umpire? Yeah, yeah. Oh, does yeah. that mean you've been in his face before? No, just just questions. Have you ever done that? I'm sure you've done it, right? I mean, that's part yeah. of the fun yeah, of being a coach. Yeah, you pick and choose when you can. You kick any dirt? There's a little. No. no. Do you ask him no. to see his um, health insurance ID card to see if he has eye coverage? <laughs> yeah, Delta or uh, the vision. Change the prescription. No, Change no, the I prescription. That's a, that's, a, that's a quick ejection, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> I know. Last week we we talked about the alternate alternative personality that comes over you sometimes as a coach, and um, yeah. So, uh, what do you say in that moment usually? What are your go-to's? Because uh, we've never talked about this when you, when you argue with an um and a with an umpire. Yeah, just depends on on who he is and if you have prior, you know. Relationship are you questioning his vision, like Jeff said? Are you? Uh, no, no. Did you drink just, last night, ump? Like uh, how many beers you have you had to today? See, see if anybody else has a, a better better view, and you know, I don't. Oh, okay. The only time I get riled up would be if, if I thought, you know, and it used to happen much more often if you're getting homered where like all of a sudden late in the game, the strike zone shrinks, you know, for, for their hitters or, or things like that. And that, then you, you have a, you know, then you just have to sometimes lose it. Um, but it used to happen a lot at, at different places, but now umpires are more, you know, they're assigned by an assigner, but it used to be kind of regional where if you went over to a certain place, you knew you, you, you better blow that team out or, or have a big cushion going in late in the game or, uh, you know, because they're umpiring those games and they get, because, because, those schools want want that person. It doesn't happen as much anymore. Right. But so I, I got to ask you the question then, since you were playing a Pac-12 team the other night, was that a yeah. Pac-12 umpire or was it uh, yeah, yeah. a Big West it, umpire? Yeah, they had, they had actually had Pac, Pac-12 uh, attire on. But, you know, some of those some of those Pac-12 umpires do also do Big West games. Okay. So, yeah. okay. I don't know about baseball, but I tell you, football, they're terrible. They're just the worst officials <laughs> I've ever seen right. officiate at anything. I mean, yeah. sometimes I don't think Why they do can think officiate. The scores are basketball <laughs> scores. <Yeah. laughs> it's, it's something else. I've never been a fan of. But then again, I watch more Pac-12 than I watch anything else. we got head coach Larry Lee with us. Uh, they got Long Beach State uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, youth Day on Sunday, by the way. Kids age 13 and under are in free. We're going to talk more about the series when we come back. Jeff and Jeremy in the morning on 93.3. KZOZ. Head coach Larry Lee, the weekend series starts uh, tomorrow, 6 o'clock, Long Beach State's first pitch. Uh, Saturday, looking at a 4 p.m. first pitch and 1 o'clock on Sunday, gopali.com. The schedule is there. You can watch, you can listen, you can follow the stats, and you can purchase tickets there as well. So uh, I guess uh, the dirt bags, right? They yeah, still go they by the dirt bags. Names of the dirt bags. Yeah. yeah. You know, originally they. They gave him that name back in the, I think the late 80s, maybe 89. Uh, their coach, Dave Snow, who played at Cal Poly, uh, kind of gave him that name, and they called them the Dirtbags, but then officially I think they changed that name. They used to be the 49ers. 
Where did the name come from? Cool. Yeah, where did the name come Just, from? Just uh, like a mentality of uh, you know scrappy guys. I think yeah. when he took over the program, he's a great coach, a great college coach. And when he took over the program, I don't think they had a, a practice facility, so they were practicing at different high schools and junior colleges, and they put together their roster really late. Uh, and I think that year, I think they got to the College World Series, but – uh, so you know, he just kind of gave gave him that mentality, and it 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 stuck ever since. Predominantly a pretty good so, program, right? Long yeah, Beach really State. good. I mean, yeah. yeah, they. I think they have like when when Coach Snow was there. I think they made four World Series appearances, and you know, early on when I first got this job, they had you know, players like Troy Tulowitzki and uh, 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 Jeff. I think it's Jeff Weaver, uh, Evan Longoria. So I mean big names at the at the major league level and you know between they and Fulton uh, they would have 13 14 guys in the major leagues that you know on a particular year so uh, real you know kind of like, uh, a lot of history but it all started with with coach snow do you in, as as you really get into the meat of your of your conference schedule now do you enjoy going into it with the uh, being ranked the 17th uh, best team in the nation, or do you worry about your guys getting a little uh, uh, a little too much swagger going into it? Um, how's well, that I, I think I think they should, you know, relish that, and and that's I mean it really doesn't mean anything. I think it's it's more important that we go in with a, a five and one conference record. And we just had our, our bye weekend, so uh, quite a few of the teams have played an extra series. And you know, it's it's we are going into the the toughest part of our, our schedule. So three of the four next weekends we play the top teams, and so we just need to hold our own. And when you play a you know a thirty game conference schedule, so that's ten three game series. Some teams have already played a couple of the weaker opponents and, and even this early in, in the conference schedule. And uh, it, it's, it's where you play those, those you know, more difficult teams. And we have them right in the middle of our conference schedule. So, you know, with our first two conference series, we, we beat a couple teams that are going to, you know, our win, like Northridge is, after we swept them, they're they're winning baseball games against good you know opponents, and then same thing with UCSD. They're they're good enough to beat uh, a lot of teams in in our conference. So we just have to hold our own over these next four weeks and allow us that you know in the latter third of the season to be within striking distance, whether we're up, tied, or or, or just uh, you know a game or two behind. So you just have to play the the full schedule out because you know if you're playing well there are wins out there within your schedule but you have to you know when when you play the lesser teams you you not only need really to win the series you need to sweep those those teams just to stay in that upper echelon and and give yourself a chance so when you're going into strategies for the week and pitching strategies, do you come out guns a blazing or do you hold off? Like, how do you decide who's going and when? Well, we always have 
the same two uh number one and two starters so a friday and saturday guys so um you know uh, drew thorpe is our friday guy he's, he's one of the better pitchers in the country and then travis weston left-hander he's he's our saturday guy and he threw extremely well last weekend and then we've you know when we on the sunday games and on our midweek games we just kind of staff it meaning we we put somebody out there and see if we can get you know two or three innings out of them and just shorten the game and and try to get a lead and try to maintain that lead so we've had success doing that and you know that's why it's really important for those two front end guys you know thorpe and weston to give us at least seven innings so we don't have to if at all possible use some of those guys that are going to throw on Sunday. We don't have to use mm-hmm. them on Friday, Saturday. Cause if, if somebody throws, you know, 40 pitches on a, on a Saturday, he's, he's probably off the board on, on Sunday. And so you're taking away innings or outs, uh, on that, that Sunday game. And, and then everything is based on the weekends. You want to win those midweek games, but there were, there were, you know, a couple of guys that were off the board that we weren't going to pitch because conference is more important at this point. Uh, we're talking to Coach Lee, Cal Poly Baseball. Um, got a big series against Long Beach State this weekend. Go to gopoly.com. You can get your tickets there. Get all the information that you need to get. Uh, Colin writes in on the 805 Beer text lines, and he says that uh, he noticed when going to the Dixie State game on Saturday um, that your son has the same jersey number that you have. What's that all about? I didn't know that. Is he got the same? He wears twenty two. Also, he wears twenty two. What you guys don't talk? He's your son. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know when uh, when I knew he was going to come here, I was just going to uh, I was going to have him wear twenty two, and and I was just going to choose a different number. And you know, most of the time, I I don't show. You know, I wear like a pullover. You know, I don't really care for the, the uniform tops, but um, I just said, you know what? I mean, weekend, yeah, but but because of that, I just said, you know what? We're we'll both wear. So we ordered him a, a new set of all the different uniforms, and I thought that would be cool to 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 wear the same number, you know. And there's usually our our gold tops. So I'll, I'll wear because it's usually a a. Uh, Saturday game that they start at four o'clock and I just thought it would would be a cool thing just to kind of uh, I don't know if the words you know the right word is, is honor but just to do something you know together in common and and uh, I think it's cool have that 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 special bond yeah so it's it's been neat and uh, uh, you know growing up he wore two a lot because he liked Derek Jeter but then as he got in high school he, he wanted to wear 22 and and uh, uh, I, I, I think it's cool. So, um, I think it's cool too. I, yeah, yeah. Everything about this season so far is laying out to be a tremendous story with you and your son and how well the team yeah. is doing and how Drew Thorpe is just dominating on the mound on these Friday games. Do you worry about people just, um, 
you know, maybe taking their number one starter as you get deep into into conference play, taking their number one starter and saying, okay, we're going to put out our number two on Friday night yeah. and try to go after with the number one tomorrow because Drew is so dominating. Well, in, in most cases, no, because there, there are other qu- really quality, you know, Friday night starters in, in the Big West. So basically you match up, you know, number one against number one. Um, what's a little bit different this series coming up is their number one is coming back from some arm issues and he hasn't thrown in, 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 you know, two or three weeks and they are starting him on, on Saturday, but I think it's more of giving him a extra day's rest or he would be throwing on Friday. So, you know, even though, you know, Drew's done extremely well, you know, you, you, you have to pick him up on the, the, the offensive side and the defensive side and, uh, you know, we're still, we're still a work in progress offensively. I mean, we have a handful of good hitters and we have a handful of role players. And then there's, we're still searching for, you know, another bat or two and, but we, we just have limited options. But so, I mean, Drew could give us a, you know, a great outing. And if we don't, um, support him from an offensive standpoint or defensive standpoint, then, then, you know, you can easily lose that game, but, he, he gives you the best chance. Uh, he, you know, he, if we play to our ability with him on the mound, you, he could, you know, we could beat anybody in the country. So, uh, and then what Weston did last weekend, it was what he was showing last year. He, he had a completely different demeanor mindset and you could just see it and see it in his eyes. And uh, that's the, 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 you know, that's the tricky part of any, any sport, but especially baseball, it's just such a difficult sport. And, you know, guys are thinking about the draft when they become draft eligible. And sometimes they're thinking about this is my last year. And, you know, as a pitcher, I got to throw harder if I'm going to get recognized by, by scouts. And it, what it does, it just takes you out of what you do well, when you try to do something that you're really not capable of at, at this point in your career. And, you know, you, you regress from it or digress, whatever the word might be, but mm-hmm. you're not as, you're not as, uh, productive and you, you, you think you're throwing harder or swinging harder, but in actuality, you just, you're, you're losing location. You're losing movement. You know, as a hitter, your, your mechanics are falling apart. So the, the mind is, is a, a fragile thing. And yeah, the psychology in baseball is, is, is fascinating. It really is. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, you can uh, really apply that to a, a, you know any, everybody's everyday life. When, when you step up in beyond mm-hmm. your means, you know you, you lose a little. You take a little off. That's a pretty mm-hmm. interesting perspective. And never thought about that before, but it totally makes sense, especially as yeah. guys are the, getting well, ready to graduate. Yeah, the draft is, is – is, uh, you have to have the right guy that can handle the draft well and just – you know, I always just say, just play to win. Everything else will take care of itself. And, you know, there are, uh, because of Brooks and because of Drew, there, there are, you know, scouts from all over the country here, all the organizations and the, the higher ups, the guys that make the decisions, because, you know, when, with the money that's being talked about, they have mm-hmm. to be the one that, that makes those decisions. So they're here on a daily basis for every game, whether we're on the road or at home. And if, you know, if you don't get, you don't get noticed, uh, 
at those games, then you know you, you might not be quite a professional ball player. So there's guys that are really good college baseball players, but they don't check the boxes for a you know a major league organization. They they, they look at things a little bit differently. Always just appreciate your candor and your time, Coach. You got it, guys. We've been I talking will a long time. Next week, twelve years, yeah. I think. And I was I was looking at a picture the other day, and now look at us—we're all wearing glasses. Yep, <laughs> we were wearing, wearing glasses yeah. twelve nice. years ago. Nice. Good. Yeah. We've got the trifecta. <laughs> Emmett, we're still the most handsome-looking guys uh, you've ever seen, though. Long Beach State uh, this weekend—the Dirt Bags, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, we're going to be giving away some tickets coming up. Name that classic rock tune is next. Yeah. We got $500 up for grabs. It's named that classic rock tune brought to you by our friends on Los Osos Valley Road. They are Perry Ford Lincoln. All right, we got a couple of dudes on the phone today. Jeffrey, let's bring in uh, the guy they call Know It All Craig. Hello, Know It All Craig. Yes, we know he is. And uh, he's taking on John today. Hello, John. All right, gentlemen, how this game works is you got to know title and artists. You ring in by saying your name as soon as you know what the song is. And the first one to three wins the game today. Every time you get a song right, your name goes in the hat for $500. Okay. Yeah. Before okay. we get into this, I think it would be very interesting if we get um, John to stump know-it-all Craig on something he might not know. John, is there a fascinating fact that you think you're the only one that has the knowledge to? And if so, ask Craig a question and see if you can stump him, because he does know everything. Does the uh, National Highway uh, Traffic Safety uh recommend you put your hands on the steering wheel at 10 and 2 or 9 and 3? Good question. Craig? Well, let's see. Old school is 10 and 2 so that you could make a greater than 90 degree turn with your steering wheel. But according to California handbooks, they don't even say where to put your hands on the steering wheel anymore. So national safety... I would guess probably nine and three. John? Wow, he's really good. Yes, they do recommend nine and three because airbags yeah. can break your wrist. Yeah, now that they have oh. airbags, if you have it up high, I'll you can throw them in your face. Yeah, punch your face. Punch yeah. your face off. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Craig, showing that uh, knowledge uh, once again on the program, knowing it at all. We, we appreciate <laughs> your knowledge on the program, Craig, as always. And, John, thank you for asking the question. If you get in an accident, you want to be able to smack Chris Rock in the face. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, let's play this game, shall we? This is Name That Classic Rock Tune. Remember, you got to ring in by saying your name as loud as you can. Don't blurt out the answer until you're called on. You need to know title and artist to get a point. First to three again will win. Here we go, Jeff. Where are we going? 1979. When you think you know what it is, say your name loudly, gentlemen. You seem very soft-spoken this morning, and I hope that does not become your downfall. Best of luck. 
sometimes I don't know why, but this old town just seems so hopeless. Okay, that's what you get, guys. This might be a long one. Okay, Turn down crazy. your music, Jeff. Craig, go ahead. Let's say Rolling Stones, Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> <laughs> this might be the one that we were relishing, Jeremy. This might be the one that we're like, oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, John, go ahead. I'm going to go with my favorite, Tom Petty. Here comes my girl. John with a point. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Look who is sneaking. Coming right out. And uh, gets himself a point. That means he's on the board for that $500. John, if you think you know what it is, ring in by saying your name. Okay. I have, I, a, I, I have a feeling you knew what that was. John, were you, were you trying to ring in? No, I, I couldn't oh. remember the name of the song. Okay. I had to wait. Okay, okay, well, good. I'm glad it came yeah. to you. All right, remember, first to three wins. Uh, Craig, you're still alive. Here we go. Where are we going next, Jeff? This is 1989, guys. Best of luck. Craig, John. Craig, Craig first. was first. Molly Crew, girls, girls, girls. That is incorrect. Now, John, you rang in. What do you okay. think it is? Molly Crew, kickstart my heart. Johnny boy. Yeah. Johnny's on the board with two. That's two chances to win $500 in cash and name that classic rock tune. Know it all, Craig. Is your ass sore? No, no, not really. I told you. Okay. Hey, you want to know an interesting fact about Kickstart My Heart? Sure. Sure. Why not? You might know it already. That song was written about Nikki Six being resuscitated after a drug overdose a couple times. I did know that, yes. Craig's a dick. Yeah. He's a a smart dick, I guess. All right, Jeff. (laughs) Okay. This is 1986. Okay, 1986 on this one, guys. Craig, you need this, or you need John to to get it wrong in order to stay alive, okay? Uh, Craig. Craig. Go ahead, Craig. Metallica, Master of Puppets. Hey, Craig's on the board. Hey, there we go. Hey, there's my wheelhouse. Before Metallica sucked, right? Before they sucked? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think every band goes through a, a, a period where, you know, they're just doing it for the paycheck. <laughs> I'm not saying Metallica's yeah. that bad. I'm just saying, you know. There's an <laughs> interesting there's... fact about Metallica. I met them shortly after Cliff Burton died and had them all sign Kill Em All, except, of course, for Cliff Burton. Oh. Two to one, John is up, but Craig is still in this thing. Spit knowledge, too. All right, you guys ready to go? Where are we going next? Uh, 1978. Best of luck, fellas.
the skies. But you were young and bold, and baby didn't that? Oh wow, that's what you get. Well, I think I know the artist. I have no idea what the title is. Anybody want to take a stab? Bring in by saying your name. I know the band, but I don't know the song. Yeah, same here. I have no idea. What do you guys think the band was just for... Can we play it again? No, no. we can't play it again. It was Ted Nugent, uh, wasn't it? No, it was oh, not it wasn't? Ted Nugent. Oh, it wasn't? Guys? It was Van Halen. It was Van Halen. And it was Little Dreamer. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Tough. Swing and a miss. Okay, here we go. Still two to one. John is up. Uh, Craig, you need another victory here to get your name in the hats and to stay alive in this game. 1986. John. John. John for the win. For the win. Bon Jovi. Wanted, dead or alive. Correct, John. All right, nice job, Johnny. But Craig, you got your name in there one time. That's all that yeah, matters, that's good. man. That's very important. It's important that just works. to show up. Good job, John. You might get a participation tri- uh, uh, trophy, five hundred dollars coming no, your way. No, no. I know how to deal with loss. I don't need no participation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, have fun at the uh, series this weekend, guys. Both these guys are going to go see Cal Poly take on the Dirtbags of Long Beach State. Tickets available for this series at gopoly.com. The schedule. You can watch it live. You can listen to play-by-play breakdowns of the game as well. And we thank head coach Larry Lee for jumping on with us a little bit earlier. We say thanks to John and Craig. And John gets in three times. Craig gets in once. You could get in as well. Text the number 500 to the 805 Beer text lines at 805-543-3693. It's named that classic rock tune, and it's presented by Harry Ford Lincoln, Los Osos Valley Road in San Luis Obispo. Want details and more information? Get to KZOZ.com. We'll be right back. Subscribe to the Jeff and Jeremy podcast now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and YouTube. It's your Central Coast commute-friendly podcast.